Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talk sports, uh, yes we do, talk sports, uh, it's for you, play and play. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up on what they would say, the championship football Friday to talk all sports. Give us a call. Let's have some fun. 718-664-9098. Like always, RayandTayToday.com, RayandTayToday at gmail.com. You want to shoot some emails, your comments, and your Super Bowl predictions. We'll take them, maybe read some on the air, and tweet at us, Facebook us, Instagram us. We might even have to do Snapchat, man. I see these Snapchat videos going around, Ray. Your boy Anthony Donahue was Snapchatting with Walt Clyde Frazier. I think Ray and Tay might need to jump on it, baby. Was but Clyde anyway. on the Snapchat? Yo. If Clyde's on Snapchat, then we need to be on Snapchat. Yo, Whenever Walt Clyde Frazier rolls, we need our to Our boy, roll. Anthony Donahue, Anthony MSG, shout out to Anthony, friends of the show. He had Clyde Frazier for the nickname the other night on Snapchat video. I didn't know Snapchat was video, too. So, you know, we're a little old school, but we, we, we're, we're everywhere. We're going to get up on it. So check us out. Enjoy it. Busy show. Of course, we're going to pick the AFC and NFC championships and preview. But we've got breaking, important basketball news. So we'll start with the NBA. Yes, it's happened. Josh Smith has returned to Houston, traded for the Clippers. That's crazy news, by the way. That is big news. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm joking. It is big news, Ray. But the news of the day, and Ray broke it for me, told me, and I'm like, wow. The Cleveland Cavaliers and GM David Griffin decided to fire head coach David Blatt and then promote to head coach Tyron Lue. Not interim, but head coach. I think he has an extension on his contract and whatever he had for his contract, they're boosting it up. Tyron Lue is now the head coach of the first place Cleveland Cavaliers. By the way, we are at the halfway point of the NBA season. They announced the all-star starters. We'll get to that. But, Ray, did David Blatt ever really get a fair shot, or was it just not really the right fit for this team? So maybe both. I don't believe – if you step back a second and you say to yourself, David Blatt came in a year and a half ago to rebuild the Cavs, and then suddenly LeBron makes his decision and decides to come back home from taking his <laughs> talents to South Beach for four years. And now it's a totally different job. So you're talking about rebuilding a franchise, trying to make them mold into your style, to then you get LeBron. And then after that they made the trade. They had the number one pick. They traded Wiggins, and they ended up getting Kevin Love. So you get LeBron and Love onto a team where you didn't think you'd have that much star power. So it's a totally different coaching job. Having said that, if you want to be, if you want to remove the emotions and say, wait a second, this guy took his team to the NBA Finals, won 
two games where he didn't have essentially had Kevin Love didn't have Kevin Love and didn't have Kyrie Irving starting the second game. And he best record in the Eastern Conference, 11 losses, would have been the Eastern Conference coach in the All-Star game. I don't know what they're going to do about that. Did he get a fair shake? I don't think so. I think he didn't get a fair shake. He did not perform on the court. Your, your team was 4-2 and two in the NBA Finals. I don't know that any other coach could have done better. I don't know that they win with Phil Jackson last year. You know what I mean? Because, I don't know that because they, of the injuries, exactly. They don't because beat of, the Warriors with that injury team, 4-2. Now, the question is, if they were healthy, would they have beaten the Warriors? We wouldn't know, and that's what this year was for. That's what this year was for. Now, I think they may have reacted to this past week, losing on Thursday to San Antonio and then losing again uh, to Golden State and getting blown out by 34. But you know what? By Golden State. I, I, don't think, I don't think he got a fair shake. Now, is he the right guy for the job? Maybe not. So they both can be true, you know what I mean? So, I, but, but I really don't think he got a fair shake. I think you had to give him to this year's end of the season, end of the playoffs. I really do. Because he didn't have his two All-Stars in the finals and still got there and went. He only back. had Kyrie for 14 games. Kyrie's yeah, only been so, there for 14 so, games. Let's look at know, that, too. It, if you say you made a mistake and he's not the guy, I, I can live with that. But you can't say in your heart that you gave him – a good enough shot. I don't think he got a fair shake. Well, I would kind of agree with you. And, you know, I think the evidence is in just all of it really went down. I will say this. I don't agree with sort of the lack of supposedly the person offense that he likes to run. The team had no life. It was isolation basketball, Kyrie isolate, LeBron isolate. Having, you know, Kevin Love totally, you know, just inept standing at a three-point line when this guy could be 25 and 10, it makes no sense. So if that was something that we see gets changed with Tyron Lue, then I have to put that on David Blatt, and then he should have been fired without question. Because to misuse your third best player and a potential constant all-star and maybe a potential Hall of Famer in Kevin Love makes no sense to me. And I think, yes, they're in first place, but they haven't played great basketball. I mean, when you look at their record, they have, what, 11, 12, 13 losses, whatever. But 11. I think in some ways the Cavs have so much talent and just having LeBron alone, they're going to win the East by default. The question is, does the team gel? Are they this? Are they that? And if David Blatt wasn't getting that part of it right, so that they are right for the finals to face Thunder, Spurs, Clippers, or Warriors, which they could lose to all four if their team isn't right. I think you have to make the move ASAP to get it right. And David Griffin said he's not done, Ray. And the rumors are that Tim Timothy Mozgov, Tim O'Fay, as Ray likes to say, is on the trading block. And potentially maybe Kevin Love. Maybe his defensive issues are, you know, not – Happy to, are not pleasing to LeBron and whoever, and maybe not just LeBron. And maybe we see them sort of hit the reset button real quick. And, you know, maybe they go ahead and get Marquise Morris from Phoenix, which they've been talking about. Who knows what it is? But I would say to me, you've got to figure out how you can get Kevin Love involved. And if you do, 
you win the title. Period. You're better than the Warriors and Spurs if Kevin Love is Kevin Love. Because with Love, Kyrie, and LeBron playing at their best, this team wins any seven-game series. I truly believe that with the regular, with the other side pieces. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I feel bad. I, you hate to see a man lose his job, but I also think I'm happy that Tyron Lue is getting a shot because I think he potentially could be a very good head coach in this league. You know, Doc Rivers had him as an assistant. Other people, you know, have had him, and obviously he was hired as, you know, the head assistant there. So now it's just a wait and see. But isn't that a great way for ABC to start their primetime basketball for their Saturday night showcase, the Chicago Bulls coming into town against the Cleveland Cavaliers, newly coached by Tyron Lue? Is that a nice package for you, Ray? I love it. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> Let's see what happens. You know, Tyron Lue was a former player not too long ago. Yeah. And let's see what he and his staff now can put their imprint. Let's see what their imprint is on the Cavs team. So I'm ready. I mean, look, the Cavs are going to make the finals. The, the question is, do they win the finals or do they lose the finals? That's really what it comes down to. Fast forward to June. Steve Kerr returns. Good for him. You're glad that he's healthy, and, and we applaud Luke Walton for the job he did. We both feel Luke, Wal- Luke Walton should get those wins. Not only should he get the wins, I think he should be able to coach at the All-Star game to represent the West, and I think he should be the next coach of the Lakers next year. What do you think about those statements? I couldn't agree more. Uh, the Lakers, you could argue, all right, is he ready to take on you know a, a rebuild project? Maybe. Uh, seems to be a good coach, seems to be knowledgeable, obviously comes from basketball pedigree. But to not have him get the wins this year. It's a disservice. To not have him coach at, at the at the All-Star break is really a disservice. I mean, maybe if, if, if the coach is out one or two games, I get it, but the coach is out 43 games. <laughs> I mean – this is ridiculous. This kid deserves all of those wins, and yeah. no knock on Steve Kerr, but Steve Kerr shouldn't even coach that that All Star team. I mean, he should be. It'd be kind of weird to be Luke's assistant, but it should be Luke Walton coaching that All Star game team, and 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 Steve Kerr should fade away and and let him do it. You know what I mean? Right. If, if there's a way where he could talk to Adam Silver and say, "Look, this is Luke's job." The commissioner's got to, like, I think I blame the commissioner for even making that decision. But let's be honest, Ray, he's got to make that right. I mean, for history and for fans, it's like nobody's stupid. We saw Luke Walton busting his butt coaching, like he said, a week. Yes, you give it to Steve Kerr. Half the season? I mean, what are they, 43 and 4 or or something like that? I mean, they played, I mean, 39 and 4? I mean, we're past the 42-game mark. The Knicks are 22 and 22 hosting the Clippers tonight. So, you know, we're at 44 games for some teams. That's, you know, we're past the halfway point. So to me, yes, Luke gets it. But let's get to this trade. Not a big deal in some aspects, but I think it could help Houston. Josh Smith, I guess, I don't know what they got for him, a second-round pick or something, returns. Yeah, and the rights, yeah. Yeah, returns back to the Rockets, and then he, he's such a dodo. He goes, oh, I probably should have never left. So then why'd you leave? You know, I don't know. I hate to hear players say that. But, look, it didn't work out for the Clippers. He's back with his best friend, Dwight. He gets to stand out there and shoot threes in the Daryl Morey, you know, rocket, small ball, shooting, chucking 
uh, percentage, you know, money ball system. And does that give the Rockets maybe a boost that they need? He played well there. He was athletic defensively and he shot a lot of threes and friends with Dwight. What do you think? Does that help them? It can't hurt. It can't hurt, but you know what's confusing about the Houston team? It's never been a roster issue. You know what I mean? With Josh Smith, without Josh Smith, they still have great <laughs> talent. It's they have about the talent. getting them to execute on the court. But Josh Smith averaged, what, 12-6 and six last year, and in certain games he took over. And if Dwight Howard gets hurt, or if they want to go with a running big man, and they can control him because sometimes his shot selection is just terrible, but terrible. But if he's on, he is that super athletic big man. You know, he's like that in that DeMarcus Cousins category. I mean, he's even more athletic than Cousins. Cousins is a better basketball player, but he just gets up and down the court, and he can guard a three, four, and a five, and he can run, and he can rebound, and he can jump, he can block shots. So, of course, they're better with him. You're saying the Rockets need a therapist, not new, new talent. Correct. They need Dr. Phil, Judge Judy. No, they don't need Judge Judy. I don't think they're they're bad off the court. No, like Dr. That, Phil, they, maybe a little Oprah, you know, maybe some Ellen DeGeneres to get them danced together with some good music. I don't know what they need, but it's a mess, Ray. And, you know, they're the seventh seed. And like you said, they're kind of close to five and six, but I I think they're also close to eight and nine. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I, I don't like what I see when I watch the Rockets play. If I want to be completely honest with you, I don't, there's nobody on that team that I trust. And even James Harden, a lot of people have been ripping him saying that, you know, the reason why he had such a bad start is all off season. He was worried about his modeling and his clothes and commercials and hanging out with the Kardashians. And maybe that's fair criticism, you know, because it's taken him a while to get back in the game shape. You know, he's played no D all year and he wasn't even the offensive player. You know, now he's starting to get in a groove scoring wise, but, I, I don't know. Let's, let's get to the story, man. The All-Star Game in Toronto. And why don't you break down for the crowd, the starters, and maybe we start with the West since our boy, Kobias, Kobe Bean Bryant, was number one. What was it, 1.9 million fans? He was number one by a, a, by a bit, I think, right? Yeah. This is a case where the fans got it right. <clears throat> they gave him – I mean, this is at the expense of Draymond Green, though, so Draymond is, is, is pretty upset. But when you have a career like Kobe had, you realize that he's an all-star for the 18th time. And if there yep. wasn't a lockout in 99, he would have been an all-star 19 times. which would have tied the all. That's crazy. Yeah, and which would have – tied the all-time record held by Kareem. So Kobe deserves it. Kudos to Kobe. Way to go out. Uh, the all-star team, I think you and I both agree, have we totally just discarded the center position? Because you know, the coaches have to put them on, Ray, and it's disgusting to me. Tell them the starting lineup so then we could really explain that. No, but that this notion of two, gu- two guards and three forwards, I mean, center is a legitimate position in the NBA. It's a five. Right, but they've been doing this for years now. It's just that some of those centers were still voted in the last couple of years. This right. year, it's like six, nine, and under. Exactly. It's like the rec league at the Y. You know, maybe <laughs> Muggsy Bogues will come back 
Well, wait, a wait a minute. You can't say LeBron and Kawhi Leonard are going to be in direct league. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about in terms of height. Like, in terms of no, height, no, you I'm never get a seven-footer at direct league. You might get a cat 6'7", six, 6'8", six, <laughs> but you don't ever see a seven-footer. Like, if you go down to the YMCA, you'll never see a seven-footer playing ball. <laughs> I'm not saying they're going to be like LeBron and Kawhi with talent. I'm just saying with size. Uh, no, I'm just But anyway, so in the West, you've got – <clears throat> probably the so you got Kobe's the number one vote getter he's at one forward you got Kawhi Leonard at the other forward and then you've got Kevin Durant at the third forward uh and then in the backcourt you've got your boy the number one or the second vote getter I guess the second highest vote getter is uh Steph Curry at one guard and then at your other guard is James Harden right no, Russell Westbrook. Sorry, Super Russell Westbrook. Sorry, sorry. So that's the, the and, and that's the interesting, right? And that's the interesting thing that Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant have made it together for the fifth time as teammates, which is pretty impressive. Oh yeah, they are definitely impressive. And, and then, then the East, in the East, we got a caller, but then do the East real quick, and then we'll get to yeah, the, the East. You got uh, by a handful of votes. Uh, Kyle Lowry and Carmelo are on the team, but anyway. So in the East, you've got a uh, <clears throat> you've got a backcourt of who? It's Kyle Lowry at one guard, Dwayne Wade at the other guard. So again, almost a lifetime achievement there for Wade. Uh, yeah. And then you're again no center, and your three forwards are uh, LeBron James, the number one vote getter in the East. Yeah. Paul What's George. That? Yeah, yeah, Paul, Paul George, George and, Carmel and Carmelo Anthony. Anthony. And congrats so to Paul George coming back. You know? Yeah, that's my guy. I'm telling you, Paul George is my guy. He is about as good as – I mean, Paul George in the, in the East, Kawhi Leonard in the West, and to me, look, if you're born with LeBron's size and skill and God-given, you know, just just that the package, yes, you're going to be an elite ball player and, and you're the man. But if you're not born LeBron James – it wouldn't be bad to be Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. I mean, these two guys are so good. And you know me as a Knicks fan, I, I kept saying all along, I said I'd rather have those two than Carmelo, man. Carmelo is my guy Carmelo. because he's a Nick. But I, but those two, their Carmelo game is, is just so just complete. 31, baby. He's number 31 on the scoring list, just past Larry Bird. Watch That's a mouth. heck of an accomplishment. Man, Carmelo. That's <laughs> a heck of an accomplishment. It definitely is. Let's, so let's, let's see, see if this caller – yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's see if callers want to talk or just want to listen. Hello, you're on the air with Ray and Tay today. What's going on, fellas? Hey, what's hey. going on? How's it going, oh, man? Much, man? Oh, I'm good, man. Sitting there listening to you guys, man, talking about all this craziness in the NBA. Woo. Yeah, what do you think? <laughs> we'll start with David Black getting fired and then Josh Smith coming back to Houston. What are the first thoughts that come to your mind? Well, with David Blatt, it was a it was a situation where he just wasn't right for that team, uh, personality-wise. Uh, some people don't have an 82-game personality. Uh, he was brought in before LeBron came. LeBron came, the whole, you know, the whole ground changed as far as him coming in, and now he's got this whole situation where they rejected his system to begin with. In my mind, David Blatt should have made a stand there and said, look, either – I can coach this team and we're going to run my system or you guys have to fire me. He should have done that then to totally back and kind of play the sideline and be subordinated. 
I mean, after a while, you really don't have much credibility, and I, I, like I, I'm sure he's kind of relieved to get out of this situation. I know he wanted to try to go for a ring to kind of legitimize himself, but I know at a certain point he had to think, well, I'm, I'm still open for another NBA opportunity, or I can go back to Europe and kind of name name my price. So either way, he's fine. But I, I just yeah. don't think he was right for this team. He didn't give them any advantage strategically on offense or defense. And when you're up in that upper rarefied air of, of contending, um, you have to ask, okay, so what are you here for? We know what Pop has given the Spurs. Uh, we know what that system that Golden State has gives them. So if you're not giving us any advantage, what are you here for? So yeah. That's a great point, you know, and the only the only comeback to that is no other coach would have would have done better than he did last year. You know what I mean? I don't think Phil Jackson, Red Holtzman, Red Auerbach, anybody could have won that series last year. So he did about as good as a coach can do. Maybe they won in spite of him. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just also yeah, weird firing him midseason. Yeah, indeed, but when you hear the headline say after he led the Cavs to the finals, it's like, come on, led the Cavs to the finals? Yeah, that's yeah sure. Little, uh, <laughs> that's a little <laughs> twisting of the words. Uh, Josh Smith back to Houston, great thing for Josh. We all know Josh is a crazy person uh, playing in that <laughs> He's Houston down from system. your parts. He's down from Atlanta, him and he and Dwight Howard, right? Those are uh, oh, your yeah. Atlanta guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, Josh is a great talent, but we know it'll never be fulfilled. But still, yeah. if you put him in a place like Houston with Dwight, uh, you'll be able to get the, the best out of him that you can hope to get. Uh, I don't think this is enough to save Houston, though, because I think fundamentally they have problems with how they uh, run their run their offense, period, and putting everything in, in Harden's hands. It's kind of like Peyton Manning when he was basically the OC on the field. I, I think it becomes that that much of a problem for Houston. But, hey, man, more help on the way. You can't beat that for uh, Houston. Uh, so, yeah, we were just laughing. The other thing? Well, I uh, want to know what you think about the all-star starters um, and no big men, which is kind of, you know, the trend the last couple of years. But on top of that, I think it was great how the fans honored Kobe. What did you think about that? And just who, maybe what, what, what uh, reserves you'd like to see get on that are not starters? Well, when I was a kid, I would have been really mad looking at this. But now that I'm older and I understand the All-Star game is more showcase than it is about just merits on the year. So exactly. I, I have really, you know, I don't have a problem with it. People want to see the stars go out there. And honestly, I do want to see Kobe go out there for the last one. And, yes, he will be ridiculous. And if he hits his shots, he's going to be, you know, create an epic moment for his career. But if, you know, as he's been playing this year and he goes out, he's going to put up shots. So if he makes them, hey, great moment. If he misses them, well, it's kind of sad to see Kobe go out like this. But either way, <laughs> I, I, I don't mind, man. True. No, definitely. I wanted to ask you this, Nines. Before we let you go, man, we got you on the phone, and we're heading there soon. Who's gonna be in Super Bowl Fifty? Oh, I'm going. Uh, I'm going New England, Carolina. Uh, there, there's no way I'm putting anything on that. That well, I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to be too harsh. But look, I know. Respect the old man for getting out there, but pay, man, come on, pay. There's only so much that can be done. Belichick is somewhere laughing after preparing for Peyton when he was dangerous all them years, and now he gets to prepare for this Peyton man. Like, that's that's crazy. And in Carolina, I think they're going to muddy the hell out of that field uh, because they're scared <laughs> of that Arizona speed <laughs> and try to make the game as ugly as possible. 
But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going Carolina, New England. All right. All right. Well, li- keep listening, man. We'll give you our picks soon, and we're heading there. And uh, thanks for giving us a call. And uh, hopefully Monday we might have a, a big guest, a super, someone who played in a Super Bowl against Tom Brady and um, a former NFL player who's very involved with the NFL right now. So uh, check us out on Monday. We might go early in the afternoon. So if you, you miss it, like always, man, we're on iTunes or you catch the podcast, podcast or rayandtaytoday.com. Either way, you can always listen to us. Oh, indeed, man. Well, keep me on the line because I'm not logged in on the oh, yeah, uh, no, no. chat room tonight. I'm just oh, okay. No phone. problem. All right. No worries, good. Thanks. Thanks for calling us. So, listen, Ray, I, I'll say this. Before we get to the NFL and the championships, just to put a bow on it, I think it's going to be a fun all-star game. And I think, you know, Naz brought up a great point about Kobe. It's, you know, it's either going to be classic in terms of, like, glimpses of old Kobe, or it could be kind of like, oof, okay, let's get him out because he's looking really bad. But no matter what, the fans will be happy to see him. And you know Kobe, he'll probably make a couple of clutch really good hoops. But I'm also happy to see guys that were injured last year that are healthy again, and Kevin Durant and Paul George. So, And we'll talk about next week, because I think in two weeks they announced the reserves since we got to pick the game, but, uh, you know, we'll get to the reserves, but, you know, Toronto gets Kyle Lowry. So they're happy for that. I'm sure DeRozan will make it. And uh, both rosters should be pretty, pretty talented and pretty filthy. I'm looking forward to that rookie game, right? For Porzingis. Yeah, the Zinger, the Zinger, my main man. But you know what I think? Here's what I think back to that issue of Kobe and putting up shots. You know, what's good though, is that if you think about who's in the Western conference in terms of the starters, Forget about the other, the, the point guard, like the, the Chris Pauls of the world who will give Kobe the ball. But even the guys he's starting with, right, think about how they don't really need this all-star game, right? Your boy, uh, Steph Curry, has got himself an MVP and a championship, so he really doesn't need to, to win himself a, a, you know, an all-star MVP. Russell Westbrook won it last year. Kevin Durant maybe wants to show everybody that he's back and, and healthy. He's but back. He's, yep. he, he's had four straight 30-point all-star games, right? So he doesn't need it either. So yeah. the good thing is is the guys around Kobe, the guys that are st- – and Kawhi Leonard's not going to put up 30 shots anyway. That's just not his personality. You right. know They're I mean? all going to Draymond- beat Kobe. You're right. Right, You're exactly. Right. So, so there's nobody on there. Like last year you knew you, – you had this feeling Russell Westbrook was like, look, I need to get credit as an elite player. And so he went out and got himself the MVP. But I don't know that anybody needs to do that on that Western Conference team. There's no up-and-coming star that really needs to prove himself anymore so I do think Kobe's going to get the ball and he'll have free reign to do whatever he wants now Kobe may surprise us and try to be a facilitator and get himself you know 10-12 assists and go get the MVP that way but it should be a lot of fun it definitely will be and now it's time you're now listening to the NFL talk a long time. I'm just only sad that my team's not in there. But we begin on Championship Friday with the AFC, the American Football Conference. And we have the number one seed, Denver Broncos, hosting the number two seed, New England Patriots. 
Ray, I'm going to let you attack it first, break it down, and give me your pick and your stud of the game. Woo! Well, you know, this is football, and the stud of the game is going to be Bill Belichick because he's going to have a scheme up his sleeves that nobody's ready for. But in terms of a game, they played before, and Peyton Manning came into this season as a shell of himself, and now he's even more of a shell of himself. I don't think that Peyton Manning can get the ball down the field more than 20, 30 yards, especially if the defense knows it's coming. Right? He may be able to throw to a spot, but I don't think he can – beat a zone or he can actually do much damage on the second or the third level. So I think that's so a lot Brock of... Do, 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 do you bench him and put in Brock if it gets ugly in the halftime? You might. You might. But you have to start Peyton just because his mind gives you so much of an advantage. Remember, because half the game is a mind battle between Belichick and and, uh, and Manning yeah. and Phillips. Yeah, on, yeah. on offense. So, to me, you have to start Manning. You have your best chance with Manning. He can still outsmart you at the line of scrimmage. He can still read defenses. He can still call audibles. He just can't get the ball to the second or third level. So, I think it puts a lot of pressure on your offense. I think what it means is you have to get a lot of yak. You have to have Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas and all these guys catch 5, 10, 15-yard you know, pattern slants, ins, out, and go for another 15-20. Um, you need the running game to be consistent. You would love to have an explosive tight end up the middle, but they don't really have that anymore that uh, uh, Thomas is gone. So I think the Patriots are going to have a field day putting pressure on Manning, keeping him in the pocket, making him beat you deep down the field, and I just don't think he has enough guns. He doesn't have enough weapons. I think Chris Harris being banged up on offense hurts them. The combination of Julian Edelman back, Gronk back, Brady feeling good about himself. The offensive line, good enough. Um, The running game is not where they'd want it to be, but you know what? Against this Denver team, I don't know that you need to control the ball. I don't know that time of possession is that important here. So, all being said, I think the Patriots can score more, and I think the defenses are – Denver has a slight advantage of playing at home. I just think that, that Peyton Manning, for the first time in his career, he's lost games, right? I think he's – I don't know the numbers offhand, but he's like 12 and 14 or something like that as a playoff record. He's lost games, but he's yeah, never he's been – Yeah, 11 and 5 all-time against Brady uh, against Manning. Brady, yeah, but a lot of them have been at home, remember, because they've had a home field advantage many of those games. But uh, – indoors in the dome, but they're outdoors too. And, you know, Manning doesn't really love playing outdoors. I don't know. I have this one. It's, it might get ugly. I hate to say it. I, I'm looking at, yeah, I'm looking at ugly? 30 to 17. Ouch. I think I think the Patriots just go in there and give it, give, like Joe, like, like Marty Lyons, they just give them the business. They give him the business. I was going to say, they're giving him the business. They're giving him the business. 30 to 17. And my player of the game, I'll say say it's Julian Edelman. He's just killing him Mm -hmm. softly. He's not Gronk. He's not Brady. He's not a Hall of Famer. 
But you know what? He just matriculates the ball down the field. He'll ha- and, and with Chris Harris being banged up, his shoulder and everything, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking he gets a little, uh, a little Al B. Shore killing me softly. Al B. Shore, he'll get 11 catches for call it 100 yards and a touchdown. But just he'll be making all those first downs. So yeah, oh, yeah but I, I like the Patriots. Ten catches. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, before I think we got another caller, but before we get to the the other caller, I'm gonna take a bite out of the AFC. Ray, you said everything perfectly. There's not much to add. I I'm not saying that I'd start Brock, but for me, Peyton Manning has a short leash. Leech, uh, you know, leash in, in this game, whether it's halftime or whatever, um, multiple things. I think the Steelers gave them the game with the fumble. I think Manning looked as good as he could look. I don't think he's going to look better because I think each time you play when you're injured and old, you, you know, you just get another more banged up and more injuries and, and older. I do think Denver's defense is getting, you know, healthier. And I think that they are more apt to give Brady more trouble than any other defense. But the problem is they, they come on the edges with DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller. They don't have the pass rush up the middle, and that's how you affect Brady, like what the Panthers could do with, they, uh, with your boy K1 Short. Now, remember this. They don't need to run the ball, so Steven Jackson might get three to five carries because James White catches those short screen passes out of the backfield. And Brady's going to throw it, like I said last week, another 50 times, if not 55. And Amendola and Edelman are healthy and back, and they're going to dink and dunk and then throw it to LaFell for 15 yards and then Gronk on a slant and then Gronk down the middle for 20 yards. And I do like different matchups that Denver has, but I don't think they'll be able to really get enough pressure to get Brady off his spot. And to me, the only way you beat Tom Brady, ladies and gentlemen, is when you get in his grill and really disrupt that. that like the that Ravens pick. did, like the Giants yeah. did. Yeah, that Ravens. front four. Yeah, you got you to gotta be able to really get him with four and maybe five. But if you've got a blitz five or six, he, you're already done. And honestly, you get tired because he passes the ball so fast. They're basically doing the quick screens and the slants. And remember all those pick patterns with the receivers, they're hard to guard, man. They're really hard. Now, Hillman and C.J. Anderson, they're looking better. And I think, you know, Denver's defense is scrappy enough that they're going to keep it close in the first half. And, you know, maybe, maybe they can get a turnover. Maybe they can get something with special teams. I, I agree with you about Denver's receivers not having a tight end. Julius kills them with Owen Daniels and my man Vernon Davis not really being explosive enough anymore. It's hard when Demarius is dropping balls. Emmanuel is not getting By the way, open the way he's doing. Vernon Davis. We'll talk about this a little bit later. Maybe yeah, we can talk about the good old days in Vernon, San Francisco. Vernon, Vernon should have day one been working out mentally. I, I don't know if it's mental, his hands, or he's lost a step, or just all three. I think Vernon, like our boy Beastmo, who said he might be retiring. I don't know if you read that. I think yeah, Vernon yeah. might be at the end of his rope, man. I, I, I don't see he's the speed, the separation. Ray, I don't know. But I'll tell you this. Demarius Thomas, the only way Denver could win is what you said, catches and yak. 
they can't drop balls. And you're going to have to see Demarius have 11 for 100 and a touchdown. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's as bad as you have it. But I do think the Patriots in a two-and-a-half, three-quarter slugfest, the Patriots are just too much. And they beat the Denver Broncos in Denver. And I'm rooting for Denver because I'm tired of the Brady and the Patriots winning. Although I like that excellence, I'm tired of it. But I say the Patriots win, ooh, 26-16. They win by 10. 26 I'll say 11. 27 16. The Patriots beat the Denver Broncos. And who was your player of the game? And my player of the game. I want to go with Jules like you, but I'm going to go with the Gronkinator because they're talking about going low on him, and he had the jokes with the emojis and the low blows and all that. Mm -hmm. So I say Gronk gets seven balls, and he gets two touchdowns for about 80 yards. And uh, Gronk is the most valuable poet on the MIC. Patriots advance to the Super Bowl for what is this now? I mean, for this for this regime, they're uh, what is what for is this he? crew? They're four and two, so this would be their seventh. Right, and then all together it would be their their eighth. So because they lost to the Bears, no, it would be their, I mean, it would be their uh, oh their ninth. ninth. Yeah, they because they lost to the Bears, and then in '96. And the Packers to Brett Farm. That's right. Yeah, to the Packers. So this is Super Bowl first. nine for this organization. And uh, the Patriots are going, man. So let's see. Uh, we got a caller here? Yeah, let's get the caller on the air. Caller, you on the air with Ray and Tay? What's going on, brothers? Ray and Tay? Oh, Luke. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> oh Luke, what's up, man? How you doing? First of all, did you see that your, your Niners fired the man genius? Yeah, Eric man. Oh, man genius is gone. Yeah, yeah. And then, I, you then you know. brought the linebacker, you brought the running back coach from the Lions to be your OC. We'll see how that Do works like out Chip with Kelly? Chip Kelly. Do you like Chip Kelly? Are you happy with that, Oak? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think so. Not, not at all. I, I, I don't understand. That really is the biggest, that's the bizarre move I've seen. I would have loved Lovey Smith. I think he would have been uh, somebody who would have brought us back on track. But Chip Kelly, I mean, I think, you know, it's more experimenting. What, what is he going to do that he hasn't shown already? He's going to – we don't even have the personnel he had in Philadelphia to wait him out with his with his schemes and everything. So, uh, you know, I don't know. If I think it's a risk. Really going, it's a huge risk to me. And this, the, the GM needs to, needed, to been, needed to have been gone a long time ago. And I think this is just one of those things where it's starting to remind me a little bit of the Redskins. You're trying to grab names. Instead of grabbing grabbing quality, you know, ah, grab somebody's going to do something. And his name is out there, you know. It's kind of like, oh, he's going to do something. But it, it this is a professional sport. This is not a college, you know. It didn't work with Philly. I don't see it's going to work with us. We have left talent that Philly had. He got rid of. So he already did go you're 10 behind and six and ten and six in his first two seasons, though. So it wasn't a total bust. He went ten and six, ten and six, six and ten. So, yeah, he made some bad moves as a GM, but it wasn't a total bust in Philly. I think that the first year, like everything else in football, it's like the read option. The first year you can get away with it in NFL, and then they catch on, and they got film. You're right. You can't do it anymore. You know, everything, you know get those, anything that's new in the NFL, it's only one year you can do it because the defensive coordinators see it, they have tape, and they know how to neutralize it after that. And so it, the, it was, I wouldn't say it's gimmicky, but it was just something that wasn't seen. And like you think of other things like the wildcat or read option, 
you don't see him anymore except one or two plays because everybody knows how to stop it. And so then you have to really go into your, this is what the NFL is about. It's about having good receivers, a good quarterback, grounded, you know, grounded out running back, or if you have a, a good receiving crew and some offensive line, let you throw the ball. But what he's doing, it, it he scores so quickly, he wears his defense out. Defense is going to win you games. But if your defense is panting for breath in the second quarter, you got a long way to go. Yeah. And, so, you know, oh, and that's we got, we got so wait, Yeah, let's make a line. transition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got to transition no, no, to the NFC. Say. Okay. So let's do that. I think we got another caller. But real quick, though, what do you think about this game, right? This game is, is two number one picks, number one overall picks, two Heisman Trophy winners, number one versus number two. Real quick, what do you think about this uh, NFC Championship game? I think it's going to be a great game. I have the Panthers pulling it out. I, I think they're going to – I see it being like about uh, 28-20. I think, they, I think it's going to be a little tight for them because Cardinals have some explosive receivers, but their defense, if they can just stay, tuned, stay clicked in for four quarters, you see what they did in Seattle in the first half. I think they just let their foot off the gas at the end of the, at the rest of the half of the game. But their defense could be lights out. I think hands down they have the best defense of the remaining teams. They just have to play consistently for four quarters. Okay. All right, well, we got, a, we, we got a caller real quick who's been waiting patiently on the line from Arizona. I think he might be, we might have a Cardinal fan there. He might have something to say. <laughs> oh, Luke, hold on. Let's, wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh, who, you got the page, who you got the Panthers playing, Oren, in the Super Bowl? Who you got them playing? I hate to say it, man, but, uh, I, you know, I don't want the Patriots to go. But I no, really no, believe no. that. <laughs> I just think right now the difference with Denver is that it really it really comes on the coach yanking Brady I mean not Brady excuse me Manning if he's not performing I think Manning is a good person to keep out there but you need somebody to stretch him a little bit he can't really stretch them as far as making plays and got to be on your feet and move a little bit I mean Brady ran one in last the last game he played you don't not can get that from Manning and if you can't do that if you can't have any mobility you're not going to really do much against them. Uh, Belichick so you got Patriots and Panthers, too. Yep, Patriots and Panthers. All right. Well, okay, hold on, hold on. Stay on the line with us, oh, Luke, yeah. if you want to. we I got will. a caller. Let's say, caller, you're on the air with Ray and Tay. Um, hello, this is Elijah from um, Arizona. And are, you a, are you a Cardinals fan, Elijah? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. So what do you think yeah. here? We, we got some people calling for the Panthers winning. Well, what are you? What are your thoughts? I think that it comes down to one thing, and that is protecting Carson Palmer. I think yep. that I think that if we that if we can protect Carson Palmer, I like then the I'm then I believe that I mean I mean I'm Panthers. They they had a great season, but I believe that we are the better team when Carson Palmer is at his at, at his best. I mean. We've well, like our defense is has been playing great, and we have the like one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. And I think that it, that we got it. But if if Carson Palmer is just it, it is not protected and getting pressure, then that's when it starts to all fall apart. So, but I think that in this game we're gonna well, we're gonna Get, uh, we're gonna make sure that we protect him, and he we make 
uh, his protection, our number one priority, and I think we're going to come out of it 31 to 24. Okay, and who's your MVP? And then who who do you play in two weeks from the AFC? Um, I think my MVP would be Larry uh, Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, I think if I, I think he is really hungry. I mean, you saw. I mean, everybody saw what he did. Um, what he did in overtime against the Green Bay Packers, and that is a man who knows that this is his time, and he's and he may not get another chance. You want to know so a crazy stat? Gonna, did you hear this stat? He's got ten touchdowns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Postseason, postseason, which is yeah. third all time. And when you're on a oh, list where yeah. the guys ahead of you are John Stallworth and Jerry Rice, that's a nice list to be on. So Fitzgerald is moving up the list of all time greats in the postseason and in the regular season. Yeah, well, I mean, he's, I mean, he's had a spectacular career. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. He is one of the greatest in in the sport all time. I mean, and so. I mean, yeah, I mean that's just that's great. Those coming out of the AFC, who do you got? I, I got the, I got the Patriots. And Patriots. I don't see I don't see Manning doing any doing anything to really keep the Broncos in this game. And when when their offense isn't doing anything, I mean, they're they're pretty stagnant as a team. I mean Brady now that he's gotten Edelman back and Gronk back both healthy. I mean. It's going to be too much. I mean, despite the fact that at the beginning of the season I did call in and pre- predict Cardinals, Broncos in the Super Bowl, but I just don't think the Broncos are, have what it takes yes, to do it. You're very, you're very close, and both your teams might be a little short, but that's all right. Uh, <laughs> Thanks okay. for the call. Much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Good call, go Cardinals. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you on Monday. Cardinals. Yeah, hey, yeah. Cardinals. Talk to you on Monday with. Uh, with the Cardinals now preparing for a Super Bowl. I'm, there you go. Okay. I like the confidence. I like there the we. Go. I like the confidence. There you go. That's a little swag. He got a little swag there, man. He got a little swag. <laughs> yeah, then you'll be I breaking down how we're going to be stopping the stopping the Patriots. <laughs> All right. Let's go Monday. We'll talk about okay, it. Okay, let's go Cardinals. All right. Great call, Elijah. Mm-hmm. All right, Ray. Thanks. I'm going to let you chop and break it down first. Who's winning this game and why? Well, this will be the better game. I think this is really a game of two fantastic teams built differently, both very effective. Uh, Carolina, you know what? I was knocking them all season saying they're not a 15-1 and team. They're not as good as their record. But ultimately, they're winning games. Not only are they winning games, but they're dominating on what I think is the weaker side of the ball on offense. I mean, obviously, we know how good their defense is, right? But their offense, they're finding a way, and Cameron Jarrell Newton is right. doing his thing, right? We, we've got to look this up because he's going to – if he wins this year, if he wins a title, we talked about this last time, in the same season he wins a Heisman and he wins a uh, national championship – He'll win the MVP, and he might win himself a Super Bowl. So that would be uh, two fantastic years for one guy. I think ultimately home field is going to be a big deal here. It won't be in Denver because I think, you know, Denver and New England have played each other so many times, and New England is is because they typically play each other more than every four years because they're both number one, you know, in their division. So the Patriots have no problem with that. I do think, though, that Carolina going cross-country, 
playing I'm sorry, uh the Arizona Cardinals going cross country, playing in Carolina, I think it'll affect him a little bit. The running game is not consistent enough to keep Carolina off of their quarterback. Look, they have the better receiving core, but Carson Palmer didn't play well last week. Carson Palmer should have been picked. He he had three touchdowns, two interceptions. That last touchdown, you could argue, may never have happened if Sam Shields catches that ball or if that tip happens in the end zone and it gets tipped and the Packers intercept him. So he could have easily been two touchdowns, three interceptions, and been the GOAT for his team. So even though he has the defense, he has the receivers, I'm not sure – Carson Palmer, who has never really been a great playoff, you know, uh, quarterback. I just think he comes up a little bit short. I think the Carolina D up the middle. I think those linebackers, Davis and Keekley, the back end. I think you put you put Norman on whoever the hot receiver is. I, I just think Carolina can shut down one of the few teams they can that can that can. I don't know if they can completely shut them down, but they can hold them in check. I think Carolina does enough on offense, the home field advantage. Cam Newton has the ball in his hands. Graham Gano kicks a field goal in the fourth quarter, and they win a pretty close game. I'll call it 23-20. Carolina Panthers go to the Super Bowl. Two explosive offenses, but two really good defenses. So they, they, they offset each other, and I think Carolina's just a little bit better. They'll turn Carson Palmer over a couple times, and I think that they win and head to Levi Stadium in two weeks. So I got Carolina against the Patriots, a rematch of the 2000 and what was that, the 2003, 2003 season. The 2004 Super Bowl that I actually attended with Janet Jackson and Justin <laughs> Timberlake. Oh, don't, don't get nasty with it. Well, listen, listen. I, I think you you said basically a lot there, and I think you having a matchup could be very fitting with the weather and maybe the field conditions. Everybody's talking about having to wear the long spikes. I got to tell you, I feel young Elijah and what he's thinking about the Arizona Cardinals, and. I think their offense is explosive. And I think Bruce Arians is a gunslinger and he goes He's for a gambler. It. He's either going to, you know. He's a gambler. And that can be very beneficial for the Cardinals and their hopes and dreams to really outscore the Carolina Panthers. But my problem is David Johnson, he might be better out of the backfield then he is running the ball in terms of his screen passes, but they don't throw enough. And then the Panthers, where they could get killed, is not having their safety in there and not having Peanut Tillman. And so that means, you know, whoever Josh Norman's not on, whether it's John Brown or Michael Floyd, has got to really be able to go deep to attack the safeties. So we're going to see how Carson Palmer has enough time to do that. If he does, they're in the game and they got a shot. If he doesn't, Jonathan Stewart, Cameron Jarrell Newton, Greg Olson, and my main man, Corey Finley-Brown, will wind up being just a little bit too much. The Panthers' defense and my coach, potentially probably coach of the year, Ron Rivera at 15-1, and one, who doesn't get enough respect, who is on the championship Bears team at 15-1, and one, the dude is under the Super Bowl shuffle. 
That's right. Mike Shula has been a great OC, and I think they will do enough to win. I'm talking a close game. I'm going to say 27-26. Good no. From 39 yards after Cam drives him down the field. It's good. The Panthers come from behind to win and go to the Super Bowl to face the Patriots for a rematch. And SB50 is going to have Tom Brady against the new and improved super steroid quarterback. Not that he's on steroids, but he's big enough to be a defensive end. Cam Newton. (laughs) New model of quarterback. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's time. Why well, go there with the steroids, man? I'm just, start he's, he's freaking huge. He's like a bear. If, if, look, if yeah, but he was move, born that way. It's right not like now, he was a, a skinny kid and suddenly he became big. Right he's now, a big Cam kid. Newton <laughs> chases you down 33rd and 2nd Avenue. You're going to be running and screaming like a little girl. Like Joey, Porter said, I'm going, <laughs> like Joey Porter said, I'm going to the other side. I'm going That's to the right. other side of the street That's if I see him in a dark alley. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is he really? He's like 6'5", 260? That's a big guy. That's a big dude, yeah. That's a bear. That's a polar bear. Polar bear. So, <laughs> we all have the Patriots. All of us have the Panthers except for young Elijah. And we, we hope it's Cardinals. I got to tell you, my, my other son, young William, he told me that he's got the Patriots and the Panthers because he's a Panther fan. It thinks the Panthers are going all the way. So I got a house divided, so that means I need to have boxing gloves and a referee towel this weekend. And um, I just think it's going to be a great game, and I think we might have a, a wonderful treat of a Super Bowl. So I'm excited. Oh, before we let you go, we're going to talk a couple of minutes of college hoops, but we got to ask you, did they do the right thing in firing David, Platt, David Black, the Cleveland Cavaliers? Uh, I don't think that that was a I don't I don't think that was a smart move, but because um, you know, I, if it was because of the game they had against uh, Golden State, I I tell you honestly, I don't see I don't see right now the way the Cleveland Cavaliers of of their team make up. I don't see them beating three teams in the West: Golden State, San Antonio, or the Clippers right now. I just think that when you look at teams in the West where they built with. Cleveland does not have is a consistent three-point threat, and that's the, the thing that's not going to get them over the hump. Or front-court scoring. They don't get much out of Kevin Love other than hanging out by the three-point line. True, and they've they've taken it. Think about it. Every team LeBron's been on, the power forward now is pushed out. Chris Bosh, when he was in Miami Heat, he became a three-point specialist, but that wasn't his game. And now they're doing the same thing to Kevin Love. Now, he can shoot threes a little better than Chris Bosh, but that's not his game. Well, wait. Be fair. Bosch Bosch scored more in the post and played and played a little bit more like free throw line, you know, in a little bit. And I just think they've got to use Kevin Love. Look, their offense should run through Kevin Love in the post because he's a better offensive rebounder than Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson gets the offensive rebound and doesn't know what to do with it. Tries to pass it back out. He doesn't even look look to score. If Kevin Love gets the offensive rebound, he's scoring. He's putting two in the hoop. And then you can yep. run the offense through him, and he could kick it out to LeBron or Kyrie, and they could shoot or penetrate. To have him standing at the three-point line, like looking like a dodo, um, you know, getting autographs or getting Gatorade for whoever, it's a waste of time, and that's bad coaching. So let's give Tyron Lue a chance to see if he changes up the offense and they do more motion, they do more cutting, and 
maybe Kevin Love actually gets to touch the ball every once in a while. The only issue I have with Tyron Skip to my Lou is he doesn't have a training camp to do this. He doesn't. He barely has the All Star break, and then LeBron's going to be in, you know, at the All Star festivities in Toronto. It's not like he's a new guy. He's been there. I know, I know. But you're talking about installing a new offense. You're talking about having people do different things on offense, having the offense run through Kevin Love at times. I mean, this is all stuff that you need to practice. You can't just turn it on. You know, you can turn on some defensive intensity, maybe. Well, they could turn on motion and cutting. That's a basic. it's hard, though. you got to do that in practice, and they're 43 yep. games into the season already. Wait, wait, you, they don't you have time. They they're tired. Wait, wait, you know what I mean? They sit there and practice isolation? No, that's, that's the whole point. They don't practice. They're not installing a new offense anytime soon. You know what I mean? They're just going to revert to their old habits. That's why you need to do this kind of stuff in training camp. So yep. I would have let David Black play out the season. Now, maybe he's the mm-hmm. wrong guy. Maybe. But you know what? you got to let him play out the season. you got to give him two chances, and then you fire him. Yeah, I agree with that. And I don't care even if they do change their offense. You think they still got anything for Golden State? No. <laughs> Not the way those guys – those guys – and, we look, we all have played ball. We've all played against really good players, yada, yada, yada. What those guys have right now is a big chip on their shoulder because everybody told them last year they were playing against injured people, and they were lucky. James Harden got the MVP from the fan, from the players. They feel disrespected. Steph Curry's yep. like, are you effing kidding me? I am nasty, and I, will, I, will, I won't even play fourth quarters, and I'll lead the league in scoring. They are mm-hmm. embarrassing cats, and that's what we're seeing, and they've got the eye of the tiger, the heart of a champion. So if you're going to beat the Warriors, you better play 48 minutes, offense, defense, and then get a little bit lucky. And that's why I think the Spurs can do it, and I don't even know if the Cavs can wake up in time to do it. David Blatt, Tyron Lue, Mark Jackson, whoever the coach is. But let's yeah, you're this. right. Uh, yeah, definitely. A little bit of college hoops because there's been some great games. Oh, we've been talking about it. I know you've been watching. But right now, oh, down in D.C. to warm your heart. Now, Buddy Hill has been getting busy for Oklahoma. Buddy Hill is, is, is a beast. This kid is second in scoring in college hoops, averaging 26.1 points a game. But number one is down there in Washington, D.C., and his name is James Daniel from Howard. University averaging 28.5 points a game. The brother is 5'11-165. I had to say now, that. You know if they're five. listing him at 5'11-165, that's on a good day. <laughs> and that's with the, with the hair, with the, with the, you know, with the high top going on. That's with a couple extra pounds, you know, in his shorts. So he's pretty much 5'. I'd say I've never seen the guy in person, but I'd say he's 5'9-155. Leading the country in school. That's pretty impressive. You were so right because they always lie how they measure these players. Now, look, everybody's talking about Ben Simmons is playing here. Maybe Buddy Hill from Oklahoma will start to get some love. But I got this kid from Oakland, Khalil uh, Fedler. This kid is is fourth in scoring, averaging 25.5 a game, and he's number one in assists in all of college basketball, 8.4 assists a game, and he's up there in rebounds. I mean, he, he plays he's for pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. He's a beast. People need to check him out. People also need to check out this kid, Chris Dunn, in Providence. Yes, in Providence. Uh, 6'4 point guard. He's, he's nice, too. Uh, but you know what, though? We keep talking about teams that go up and down 
the Carolina Tar Heels. You've got to look at their roster and say they've got the best roster in college basketball. So it's a matter of execution. And, and to have a senior point guard in Marcus Page, and then this kid Barry is playing really well, and that all of that depth in the front court with Johnson and Jackson and Meeks, they, they just, wow, they're, they're, they're like for days. But you know what? It's like that all the time. When Carolina steps off the bus, they're the team that you go, wow. They can, you know, they look good. They're a good-looking basketball team. Now let's just see if they can execute because really it's up for grabs, but I think Carolina has, has the the best shot of anybody. A couple yeah. of great games this weekend, Ray. You have Villanova against Providence. Texas is going to Kansas. Shaka Smart could be looking for an upset, right? Our Tar Heels are at Virginia Tech. Duke goes to NC State. You have Oklahoma playing number uh, number two in the country, playing number 13-ranked Baylor. So And it's at Baylor, so you might have some upsets. There's going to be some good college basketball this weekend. Don't forget Seton Hall, Xavier. So you got a bunch of matchups, and we could see some more major upsets this weekend. And By don't the way, forget can we just give props real quick? Can we give props to the Big 12? So first of all, there are only 10 teams, so let's, let's put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> but... They almost fell apart as a conference, right? Mm -hmm. And yet they're doing just fine in terms of football with Oklahoma going to the going to the final four and, and this last couple weeks of basketball have just been phenomenal. Now, Amazing. it may not be good that they're all beating mm -hmm. up on each other, but Kansas, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Kansas State, I mean, these guys are uh, Oklahoma State, sorry. These yeah, guys are playing Ball, Iowa State. I mean, it just doesn't end. The They're going to put 12, seven teams in a tournament, right? They're on pace. Seven out of ten is <laughs> brutal. This is not the Big East when the Big East had 16 teams and they were putting seven, eight teams. You know what I mean? This is just – this conference is just tremendous. And like you said, if Texas and Shaka ever gets – you know, the recruits, and he gets to leverage that whole, you know, Texas recruiting football engine. That's another team that's going to be there. So, wow, basketball in the Big 12. Who would have thought this conference it really turned it around from three, four years ago? And look for our Terps in the Big 10. Yo, Terps. They're at that's Michigan right. State this weekend. And I think Maryland, you know, a little bit higher ranked. Michigan State is 11. Our Terps are at a uh, seven. So it should be a nice matchup, one of the top uh, games of the weekend, seven against 11. So, can oh, can, can we get a yo, Terps? Yo, Terps. Can we also, real quick, can we get a shout-out for SMU? Undefeated. 17-0. <laughs> no, no. no they, and they and, and your boy didn't five. coach in the first nine games, Larry Brown. So he's 8-0. They're 17-0. And uh, good for them. They're ranked number eight in the country. They'll move up when the new rankings come out on Monday. Yeah, I mean eighteen and okay. zero, and then they play Temple, so they might be nineteen and zero, and they better be, you know, they need to be higher than eight, Ray. I mean, come on. Agreed, agreed. All right, well, hey, great, great show. show. We might Bye, have a fellas. football guest on Monday, so tune in. We might have to go early to accommodate the guest, but a guy who played in the Super Bowl knows a little bit about playing in a big game, playing against Brady. Uh, so, so tune in. Monday, Definitely. and then all next week and the week after, we're going to be previewing the Super Bowl. We're going to have a whole bunch of stories and maybe try to dig up some guests, and it should be a lot of fun.
Thanks for listening. All right, brother. Good hearing you, folks. We're out. Have a great weekend. Patriots. Hey, good luck with the snow in D.C. Yeah, that's Uh, right. It's it's, it's hard. (laughs)